This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, episode 140, with Christina Wise, Millionaire Money Coach. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. So uh, welcome, everybody. We are building uh, our, our attendees. Thank you for coming in, Darletta. Thank you for coming in, Michelle, Lauren, uh, Omar. A uh, nice size group already, and I'm sure there'll be a few more folks to trickle in as we go here. So I know that the value for everybody is going to be in the information and the wisdom from our speaker who is here with me today. Hi, Christina. Can you hear me okay? Hey, hello. Yes, it's such an honor to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, yeah, likewise. I had the privilege of being on your show, uh, your show last week, which is Wealthy, Wealthy, Wise. Can you, very quickly, can you just sort of uh, introduce yourself and share a bit about you as an expert guest uh, for our webinar together today? Who is Christina Wise? You know, if I try to describe myself these days, the way I, I am a businesswoman, I've had many businesses. I'm a, I just say kind of the quintessential business owner entrepreneur. I've built many businesses. I've had some really nice successes and a couple good exits. I've had some abysmal failures, but I can't stop creating. And, and so I've been known as a startup queen. I've been known as just a business and wealth advisor. I help people learn how to think with money and how to learn how to operate personal and business finance for wealth creation. And then once we create wealth as a mindset and as a system and a structure and a lifestyle, then we have a form of wealth, i.e. known as cash in many capacities, then to work with those like you, Mark, where our uh, philosophy for how to invest money and grow wealth is a little bit unconventional or counterconventional. It's more, a lot of it might serve a more of an alternative type finance mentality. So, and, but all of my wealth is really alternative. So I built my wealth through an alternative mindset and an alternative type of investing. Mm. And then I've teamed up you know, just with a few people like you that I think just have their, their integrity and their ethics and their kind of unconventional approach that's really about real wealth, you know, like you, that just, you know, the few that I really trust in the industry that I believe are really doing great work to really help people. So, you know, if I was a professional golfer, like say, you know, the one that comes to my mind still is Tiger Woods. If I had the choice between just having his clubs or just having his swing, I, of course, would choose his swing. I want the swing. The clubs don't matter. Uh, and the same is true with you know, financial. I would prefer the philosophy, the strategy, over some sort of financial product. Products are just the afterthought. And too many times we get caught up in the, the, the smoke and mirrors of financial products that are sold to us by retail investment advisors, I would say. Uh, and I don't care if you've got the best whole life policy designed the bank on yourself way, as we talk about, uh, if you don't have the right swing, you can still end up in the weeds. So I think what you guys are all going to get out of, at least a part of what you'll get out of our conversation together today is, uh, the, the swing, you know, what are some top 10 steps to being financially immune, how to pandemic proof your, your financial life. And more than that, 
your whole life? <laughs> How do we uh, pandemic proof our entire life? And so, Christina, can you describe um, who will this uh, webinar be for and who is this explicitly just not for? I think that'll really help our listeners. Yeah, so this, my background is variable income earners. And so where my, what I teach and I think how I teach is very applicable to those that don't have a consistent paycheck. When you're a business owner, when you're an entrepreneur, there's the variability of that. And that's where finances tend to be more difficult because how do you, how do you manage your money when you're never quite sure how much is coming in? I've never had the same paycheck twice in my entire life. <laughs> it's always variable. And so that's even where I teach the methodology I teach came out of trying to figure out like, how do I build wealth when I don't know how much money is coming in? For those that this does really resonate with is what I call the micro business owner. And the micro business owner, meaning we're business owners, we, we kind of, we eat what we kill is, is how that works. Micro business owners, we really are the skeleton of the business. We are what we're selling. The number one thing that I find with those that I work with, again, on the education side for micro business owners is they don't really separate their business money from their personal money, which is crucial. The number one job of a business owner is to be a good steward of the business's money, to build a business, to create sustainable profit, to reduce the variability of the month to month. And then how we move that money out of the business. I see entrepreneurs, they keep too much money in the business or they're not keeping anything in the business. So how we flow our money from our business to our household because what our business is, in my point of view, as micro business owners, our business is just our income making machine. It's not our wealth machine. It's not even necessarily about the valuation of the business as micro, micro business owners. Like, so then our, our business is just our income making machine. And the better we are at the game of business and the, game, the better at the game of maximizing profitability, the more money we make. And that means we get to generate higher incomes. That's why I love being a business owner and entrepreneur. There's really no ceiling to how much money I can make. Nobody, nobody can decide that for me. The only limit is my own business skills and my own money skills. I, so profit becomes income once we move it from our business to our household. So now our household, how we move money through our household intentionally, just as serious about how we run our household finance and our household as a business as we do as our business as a business. That's our wealth creation machines. How well we move money through our household ultimately determines then how much money we're going to have and then how much money we're going to be able to then flow into the creation of assets and building that balance sheet. It's a full financial system from beginning to end, but it has these three different parts. Well, and there's millions, tens of millions uh, across this country who need to hear your message, Christina. So I think we're on the right track here. And a lot of our clients... Uh, whom many of whom I see on our list today. And so, hello, everyone. Many of you guys are micro business owners, which is exactly why I thought Christina would be a great fit uh, and a value to everyone here. Whether you're doing e-commerce business through uh, an online platform like Amazon or otherwise, or you've got a small retail shop. You know, I, I know that there's some uh, professionals that have uh, retail shops and or professional services like doctors and dentists and so forth all of us are being impacted by an outside force and it is a virus, but it's also a financial virus. And we've talked previously about how we were financially sick long before this virus showed up on the stage. But uh, I think what you're describing, Christina, sounds a lot like a digestive system for our money. 
you know, the business is the income making machine, you know, the income making machine, but it's processed all the way through our, our whole life, you know, down to our family and into our a warehouse of wealth. So hopefully we've got a nice system that's, we've got a good uh, gut flora bacteria that help, you know, process that money. We've got a budget, in other words, uh, <laughs> bugs in our system that help keep us healthy. How do we stay financially immune uh, when, you know, there's things outside of our control that might come and force all of us to stay at home, for example, uh, when, when your business might be reliant on employees or, or maybe even just you getting out and hustling, uh, when we can't literally get out and hustle, what do we do to stay, you know, not only immune, but to be resilient in such troubling times? Really that is like you had even mentioned, like, you know, when you say the word financial immunity, we've probably been sick for a long time. We've not been uh, in general as a country in general, we probably not everybody listening here, but you know, it's, we've been a little bit financially sick. And then those that are most vulnerable to getting the virus, the COVID virus right now are those that weren't healthy going into it. What we want to do now is we want to make ourselves as least vulnerable as possible as micro business owners. Micro business owners are very vulnerable to what's happening. So, you know, it's like we're, we're like the first impact and we don't have the 50 million sitting in the bank like the Lakers do and Shake Shack does. They both gave the money back after some pressure, but, but we don't have the 50 million cash sitting there. And we, so we get very affected by this. And if we're going to be immune, what I wrote is I wrote a talk, it's called the 10 things to build, to be as financially immune as possible for micro business owners right now. So we won't have time to cover the 10 and I'll try to talk really fast. And I'm just going to share a few, if that's okay. And then I wrote a, I wrote a piece, it's called, um, if you go to financiallyimmune.com, it's all 10 steps. And I'm going to use a couple metaphors to start us off. The first metaphor I'm going to use, it's, I just use it as the Titanic. So we've been floating on the Titanic, we're making money, we're doing pretty good. I'm in business and money's never easy, but in the grand scheme of things, business is going and we've got, and coming into 2020, if anybody was like me, I had a really nice 2019 and, you know, the economy is doing well. My business is doing well. I'm excited for 2020. I've got some great growth strategies and scale strategies. I've made investments in my business by hiring new people because I had the history and it's like, bam, 2020 is the, is the year for growth and scale. Super excited about it. January and February, we're already looking good. And then March hits and we're all just like, what happened? Oh my God, like nobody's prepared. The rug was pulled right out from underneath this. So it's like for me and others I've talked to, it's like, oh, we've been on the Titanic. We've been going from England and we've got these great plans and we get to New York City and we're floating and we're in our tuxedos and our ball gowns and, and we're drinking champagne and having five course meals and we're putting on some extra pounds because it feels like this is going to go on forever and it feels really good. But all of a sudden we just hear a crash. And we just hit an iceberg. So what that means, the second that the, that ship hit the, hit, the, hit the iceberg, there was the strategy to get to New York was off the table, no longer applicable. That growth and strategy or whatever that was, if we're going to try to compare it, it's, you might as well just burned that ship plan, that flight plan, so to speak. Game over. So what's the strategy the second we hit that iceberg? What is the instantaneous strategy? It's not growth or scale. We might as well burn up that plan. Now it's survival. 
Now it's where are the lifeboats, where are the life vests, what food do I take with us, who gets on the boats first, do we have enough boats, where are the exits? We're not talking about what vintage wine we're going to have for dinner tonight. We're talking about how much water do we need on the boat that's going to last until we get saved, assuming we can be saved. Building immunity is about survival because if our, we can't survive financially, if our business doesn't survive, there's no thrive or there's no big opportunity on this other side of this. If we go down with the ship, game over. And so what we want is peace of mind. What we want is to know we can survive. We have enough water and we have a lifeboat and we have life vets. So the first thing from a business point of view, I'm going to be talking business and household. And I teach a concept that your household is your business and become your own banker, which that's where Mark and I completely agree. This is about we're the bank. We're, the, we're building these things. And we do that two, way, two ways. We do it through our household and we do it through our business. And we are our own bank and through this, how we move our money. But the first thing is a business term that I like everybody to write down is a word called burn rate. And so what happens, especially in business or money altogether, when I'm educating, it's educating like distinctions and it's educating know your numbers. You have to know your numbers. And it, it, you know, it's many of us don't know our numbers, even if we are business owner entrepreneurs. And what I mean, know your numbers ready at hand. If I asked you, what is your burn rate? Do you know that? Do you know the number right offhand? If you don't now, you want to know it. You have to know your burn rate right now. It's one of those things. It's always something probably good to know. But if you don't know it now, now it's crucial. Now this is like being in the ER and we have vital signs. We're watching the vital signs. We have to know the vitals. So the vital of the business right now is your burn rate. And so the goal right now, the survival strategy goal is to ask yourself the question, what is my burn rate? And then how do I lower my burn rate to just survival? The question you would ask is go through every single line item expense in your business and ask this very specific question. Is this expense essential to my business's survival? Let me step in for just a minute. What that makes me think of, Christina, is our fever. Again, we're trying to be financially immune. And if our burn rate is too high, we're burning up, right? We're burning cash. Literally, we're burning cash up. And, you know, lowering that burn rate gives us, gives you, gives me a lower temperature, uh, which, you know, is really important. Well, it just shows it's a sign and a, and a sign of financial health whenever you can kind of bring those unneeded expenses down, you know, the, the fifth Netflix subscription or whatever it might be. So. Yeah, right on. I love that, Mark. I just, I just love how you have connected these. And um, so I wrote that down. It is like a fever. We want to get that fever down. So it's just going through all of those once, and then you go through it again. And now the second question you would ask is, is it negotiable? So maybe rent is negotiable right now. Maybe maybe payroll is negotiable. Where so it's re- restructuring or renegotiating. I had one client, for example, and now it's, I'm I'm sharing what to do, and we're just getting down so we're strong and mobile, and we've got the extra weight off. We don't want to carry any extra weight right now. You can put it back on later if you want to, but that's just it because we're just getting down to to the lowest burn rate possible, this is just gonna carry us out and there's a reason why we want our burn rate low. And even in the household, we're looking, usually there's the more expensive fixed expenses like rent or mortgage, car payments, maybe some sizable other debt payments. And just looking at those first, is there any way? Maybe now's a great time to refinance the mortgage. 
Some of my clients have refinanced their cars for lower payments. We're just saying, can we get these, can we get any burn rate down at all possible? And then look at the other things, like what I call the below the line expenses, which are versus kind of over here, I had three technologies on my business. Maybe we have something like, oh, we're paying for Hulu and, and cable and Netflix and Amazon and something else like ESP sports, such and sports, you can't even watch anyway right now. So maybe it's like, if we just did one, what are we going to do this? Just we're trying to lower the burn rate and find extra money wherever we can. And some, you know, there's a couple different mindsets. I've had some like, well, man, this kind of sucks. I'm going to have to reduce things or not do my clothing, not eating out. Or, and so a reframe might be is make it a challenge. Like, let's just say for the hell of it, for 90 days, what could we do as a family? Let's just see what could we do on the lowest amount of spend possible? What could we do? Let's make a game out of it. We can always add back later, but let's just see what we're capable of. But ultimately, the takeaway is we want, and then we want to add those burn rates together. So burn rate in business, burn rate in households separately, and you need to know these numbers. Top of this, top of mind like that, if I asked you, I'd want you to be able to just recite them right away and then add them together. What's the total together? As micro business owners, because the total burn rate is what we're responsible for. Fantastic. And, you know, you can make it a collaborative game or even a competitive game, you know, for folks that are into collaborative, maybe you all together, if you can reach a thousand dollars a month saved, maybe you put, you know, a thousand bucks, one of the months that you saved of all your different savings, burn rates on the family. Maybe that's your first uh, mini, you know, weekend getaway, you know, at a, at a nice bed and breakfast once those are open again. Or if it's a, you know, competitive thing, you know, I had a family who competed to see who could lose the most pounds over a certain three months. Uh, you could do the same with who can find the money uh, in the business. You could have all of your employees, 1099s, or your family members on the family side, Christina, who can find various ways to make or, or keep the money that you guys earn as a family. So really smart idea. Yeah. And just make it fun. And I love what Robert says here. This is another piece. So same thing. When we first went through our business and we got rid of everything that wasn't essential to survival, then we went through to negotiate. We do the same thing on the household. I love what you're doing here, Christina, because you're reframing a tragedy, a national tragedy. And of course, our prayers and our concerns are with those that are like physically affected by the virus and, and or has lost their job as a result. But one of the questions you might, as all of us might ask ourselves is, what does this financial tragedy or, or health tragedy, what does this tragedy make possible? And I love your, your thought here, Christina, because you're bringing a new frame to the, to the problem. You're bringing a solution-oriented mindset. And I think that's a really smart approach to see what, what could we now do that we wouldn't have thought to do or wouldn't, wasn't thinking of doing when the Titanic was floating nicely across the ocean. What does this uh, you know, what does this tragedy make possible? Maybe we finally, uh, you know, get to, to find our true love as even if we're hanging on to a, a life raft, uh, like at the end of the movie there. Uh, but at I least they found true yeah. love, you know? Right, 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 right. Well, one <laughs> so, of my favorite yeah. quotes is difficulty is what wakes up the genius. And we all have oh, yeah. that genius inside and the genius gets, gets hidden, you know, when things, when we get stuck in status quo because it's, it's comfortable and then we don't want to take on the risk, but now that's just been pulled out. So yeah. the genius is coming out. I mean, all sorts of geniuses coming out of me thinking, granted, it's financially, I'm an, I'm a real estate owner. I'm an Airbnb person. So a big part of my cash flow has been just eradicated right now mm -hmm. and can't do anything about that. It is what it is. Don't like it very much. That's why yep. this next thing is very important. 
But I have to say, just the genius creativity that's coming out of me that is really fun is I'm actually grateful for this. I don't like that the money's disappeared, but that's temporary. But I'm grateful for what it's done to to bring out this next level of creativity that has been buried because I didn't have to tap into it. And that's for all of us. So uh, we do have as, as many of these 10 tips as you can get through. But guys, remember, you can get all 10 if you go to financiallyimmune.com. Is that the best way to get that information? Yeah, let's get all 10. And it's just, okay. it's a PDF. Let's it's do a it. PDF is a gift for you to go. But I like to cover these three. Eight. And so when I say that I've dropped you a map in the swamp, but from my distinction, what a strategy is, is a strategy by definition, my definition is a plan of action. And what it means is we have an end in mind, and then it's a series of steps or tasks or tactics a series of things to do in specific order to get the outcome we're after. So a map means you go a hundred yards up there and then you turn east. Then you turn, you know, from there you go another 50 yards. So, but you can't go from one to the, you can't skip steps. So these are in sequence intentionally. This is a map of the exact things to do in exact order sequentially. So the first thing is to, to cut the burn. The second thing to do is part of our survival strategy, plan of action, map. Is, is what I call, don't just stockpile toilet paper, stockpile cash. On the COVID side, we're looking at stockpiling water and toilet paper just in case. That was part of our survival strategy. Didn't want to run out of water and toilet paper. Still can't figure out the toilet paper one, but there we go. So anyway, the, on, our, on the finance side, cash is peace of mind. Cash is, is water. We run out of cash, we run out of water. We run out of water, we can't live very long. We know that. So that's what cash is. Cash is our water, cash is our oxygen, so to speak. So we lowered our burn rate, one, to just to burn less cash. Now we burn less cash, so if incomes have adjusted down, obviously, we wanna adjust our expenses, but assuming even incomes have stayed the same, Cash is peace of mind. It's the lifeboat during the time of uncertainty. Nobody knows what's happening next. We're out of control of a lot of things right now. So what we want to do is look for cash. That's why we reduced our expenses. So if income stayed the same, now where that, where that money was being spent, now we want to stockpile the cash fund, the cash fund, the cash fund. And it's just about cash for survival. So if one person had 30 days of less than 30 days of cash, which is about 86 or 82% of the population. And another person had six months of cash. Which one is feeling a lot of financial stress and anxiety and paralysis and fear right now? And which one's like, I don't like this. And, but they have runway, they have time to be able to navigate, navigate, use that genius and come up with things. Very different position. So if you have 30 days, let's find 60 days. If we have 60 days, let's find 90 days. You know, just whatever, however long we can go. What's that called? The, the, the business term we want to use here is called runway. How much runway do we have? So in your business, it's a small business owner. How much cash do you have? Let's say our business expenses were $30,000 a month and we just reduced them to $20,000 a month. And let's say, so it was 30, now it's 20. Now let's say we have $30,000 of reserves or cash sitting there in our business. It was one month's worth of 
of runway because our burn rate was 30. Now we have like a month and a half. So we just, we were extending, by lowering our burn, we've extended our runway. So that's what we wanna do. We wanna have as much runway as possible so we have time to shift or pivot or whatever we need to do without the business sinking. So, so how do we do that? Uh, how do we build a runway when our airplane is already approaching the end, so to speak, in the midst of this pandemic, this crisis? Can we do anything about step two or just we, we got to prepare for the next time? What do we do here? Well, we do both, but it's, it's to get creative if possible and just find ca- We've already found some cash by Lauren or Bird, right? So we have more runway already, nothing else really changing. Now we look at the same thing in our household. What's your runway in your household? What's that emergency fund we're always harping on? How many months do you have? Assuming no income. This is all assuming no income. How long can you last? 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. We can last longer because we just reduced our burn in our household. But that's just it. Where can we find cash? Um, I pulled money out of my whole life cash value just to have cash sitting there. It's sitting in now in, versus in my life insurance policy that was my amount there, I pulled a good portion and just moved it into my personal bank account. It's sitting there. And it's just peace of mind. I see the money when I pull up my QuickBooks and it's nice to see a big chunk of cash there. It's just peace of mind. And I have that runway. I do, if I don't have to use it, I won't, but it's there if I need it. So yeah. Christina, you're, you're, um, so guys, uh, those that are hearing this, some of you, as I see the list, some of you I know are already part of the revolution. You've already decided to take on the philosophy of being your own source of financing, uh, which is what Christina and I are both advocates of. How do we know it's time to take money out of a whole life contract uh, to put it in our checking account? Christina, why did you make that decision? If you're willing to share some of that, a bit more about that. Why, is th- why was that a tactic in your strategy? Because to me, cash is, cash is gold right now. So for me, I want to have cash. And now cash, where I used to have all my different buckets and different methodologies that I teach, I basically have one cash bucket right now. And it's what's called an emergency fund slash opportunity fund. So all my cash now is really allocated to emergency slash opportunity. That even if I borrow it against my whole life at, I don't know, like a 3.8 or whatever that, that number was, it's sitting there. Over the short term, it's minuscule amount of interest I'm going to be paying to have the cash in my account that I can use it without having to apply for it or that, it's already sitting there. I can use it emergency-wise if I need it, but opportunities are also gonna be coming on the buy side that if I can buy and get a return at something else because I'm a real estate investor, I love real estate, now I have a bunch of cash here that I haven't used, that's called leverage. I'm I'm, I'm leveraging borrowing at a low interest rate to double or triple that same return and then use the cash flow out of the higher returns to pay back the lower return loan that I just borrowed money from. That's how we build wealth is by using, is by leveraging ourselves, which is why we love to become your own banker. I'm going to borrow money from myself. I'm the bank versus going to get a mortgage necessarily. Now I'm paying myself back there and I'm making more money and I'm building my whole engine here. Awesome. So now, how, how do I give question. you a high five there, Christina? That's awesome. <laughs> and on the other side, even in the become your own banker philosophy, another place that many times we have money is in the equity in our home. And, um, and it's not something I would normally talk about, but if you can pull money out, if you have a HELOC as your own line of credit versus getting the line of credit from the bank, you're using your house. Now, the problem with the danger is people borrow money to consume more. Now they just have more debt. We're looking at leverage, we're looking at cash, and we're looking at survival. 
and we're looking at how we're going to pay this back through future earnings, through the opportunities, or through whatever we're going to do later intentionally. So it's just not borrowing for the sake of borrowing and then just have more debt. Hopefully, That's great. That, that great advice. But with if we even look, I've had clients that have, you know, I've had them pull money out again, just have cash sitting there, peace of mind, can pay it all back if you need to. But a cash out refi might be a good time to look at this, just have the cash sitting there. Might be a good opportunity to buy, another, you know, if you have cash in one home and you can buy a piece of real estate again at, you know, that and use this cash, otherwise it's just sitting idle in your house. This is the investor mentality. This is, again, become your own banker and use your money to make more money. Use your money to make more money and, you know, and to survive in many cases. So there's just different ways to get cash. It's also a great time in that to, again, to negotiate cash-wise. Uh, but to be looking at it's a great time where, where if you do have any debt, to get on the personal side, where credit card companies or different lenders would have laughed at you in January if you said, hey, can I negotiate some of my debt or the terms of my debt? Now a lot of these banks are going to want some money as opposed to no money seeing these unemployment numbers. So now it's a great time to negotiate any terms on anything and just, and just pocket the cash, pocket the cash, pocket the cash and let it sit there. Mm -hmm. So that's knowing your runways. We want to lower our burn rate. We want to extend our runway. These are assuming no now, the third part here that these three things really work together is at the onset before you get to the other seven. But the, the next one is know your run rate. So run rate is another business term we really look at. It's, it's, it's a term that we use just for predictions. And so, so the run rate really, it's just, it's just a business term I like using, but the run rate really is predictable income. So now the next exercise is a business owner in the current environment we're in. What do you predict revenue wise? But really just being very conservative, what type with the shifts that are happening, where is my revenue of my business? What does it look like conservatively over the next 30 days, 60 days and 90 days? Don't go more out in the 90 days. We don't have enough information. So 90 days is even really a huge future right now. But just looking out, so we made our assumptions at zero revenue, but now we got our burn rate down. It was 30,000 to 20,000. Let's say we have about a month and a half of runway, assuming no income revenue. Now you can add your revenue back on. Know that predictably, and the question to ask yourself as a business owner is what do I need to do to break even, to just cover the business burn? How we, it was 30 burn, now it's 20. What do I need to do? What's the business strategy right now to be net zero? No profitability. I'm not even paying myself right now. I just need to cover the burn so I can keep afloat. What is the business strategy? What are the offers? What are the prices? How many units or what do I have to sell to hit net zero if possible? And when you know these numbers, it's less fear. It's less paralysis. It's just better to know. And then now we do the same thing on the personal side which is what is your run rate? If that is like, okay, my business, my household's $10,000 a month. That's my burn because we got that down as much as possible. Now I can go over the business side and say the business burn was 20. My household business is 30. So, so I don't have to touch those emergency funds. Now I need the business strategy for 30 grand a month. And that's all I have to do. We're just, keep, nope, we're just keeping things afloat right now, just afloat for the next 90 days until we know more information. So you're looking at all these and make some adjustments and get in your calculator, look at your number, renegotiating maybe a few more things. But once you can get a plan for the net zero, 
and you have some cash there for some flux on either side, you're solid. You're going to be just fine. And but at least we know I can survive this. I can I really survive. like that. I, can I, I, this. I, I love that, Christina. I think that's phenomenal. It's an emotional uh, move as well as everything uh, else that you're saying that's tactical, but it's just good to know. Here's what my absolute must have revenue forecast will be. What do I need to get to, to, to where I'm not in the red? So fantastic. I think you're right. Even if I happen to know it's $0 coming in, at least I know and I'm not burying my head in the sand. Fantastic. And that's it. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait around. Don't bury a hair in the sand. I mean, just action. And when we're acting and doing something, it's a way to get over fear. Fear is when we're stuck in the swamp and we're not doing anything and the noises are getting louder and, you know, and we're just stuck. So by acting and doing what we can do and being within what we can control right now, it makes all the difference. And then we realize like there's that genius within. I'm going to be just fine because now that I'm doing things, I know my numbers, like I can do this. We're going to mm. be just fine because now we've grounded the fact that we were going to be just fine. And you've moved from past to present to future. You know, what have I, what have I collected? What's the, the gunk in my gears, so to speak? You know, that's the burn rate in my, in my mind. You know, what's all the Netflix subscriptions I've collected uh, to the runway, which is sort of what do I have right now uh, before I get paid again? Uh, and how long does that money going to last me? And then run rate is sort of looking into the future, as I understand what you're saying, Christina, is the future. How, you know, how many months could we, you know, what do we need to get our future revenues up to where we can break even, pay our obligations, keep our head afloat? Right on. Exactly. And just uh, kind of I'll conclude with just pretend we woke up today and we forgot anything that we, we're the same, our skills the same, our skill set who we are, our work ethic, our genius, our creativity. We're the same, but we've completely forgot what we used to do. Forgot what our business did. We just lost our memory and we just showed up and be, so all we can now do is look forward and make decisions moving forward. Like what customers are out there? What business is out there? What do I do uniquely seduted that can help people in the time that we're in right now? We're in this brand new space of but like, how can I help people and what can they pay right now in the current environment? So now I go back and say, I'm a start, like I train startups. And so as a startup, it's fun. Sometimes as business owners, we've been so far away from startup, but now is the time to start into that, that startup energy. When you're starting up, you don't know how you're going to make revenue. You don't know how much yeah. people are going to charge. You don't quite know who the audience is. You don't know quite, you know, what the right, you know, way to message your message is going to be. And usually we're in the red for a while as a startup. So if we can get into the startup mindset and do the same thing, it's a beautiful space to completely reinvent, to look at the shadow self, to maybe finally approach things like this thing called money that maybe we've been putting off a little bit or we haven't delved all the way in. Now is the time to do it. And so it can be a very exciting time, not just to reinvent our finances, but reinvent ourselves, our lives, look at if our stuck place, our status quo, place we've added on some weight or gotten sluggish. And just, we lost our memory. So just game on. Let's, let's really put on that adventuresome spirit and help others and be part of the solution and not part of the problem. I love that. I love it. I'm thinking about the Admirable Crichton. It's a play called the Admirable Crichton. And it's a pretty weird off the, off the rails kind of uh, play. It was actually written back in 1902. So we're talking Downton Abbey, you know, pre-World War I England. Uh, it's a story about uh, the butler, um, who's called Al or Alfred uh, and uh, his Earl and their whole community uh, on a boat and they get shipwrecked. 
the, the downstairs, uh, you know, an upstairs community almost flip-flop throughout the play where the butler then becomes the governor and the earl has to take orders from uh, the butler. And the entire community starts to respect the, the butler because he was, you know, financially immune, essentially. He was able to pick up, you know, tools, help the community become civilized again. Uh, and the very fragile earl wasn't ready and able to pivot and play a new game. Uh, and it was the butler who was able to pivot, play a new game, and all the roles became reversed. Now, what's interesting is he, f- he sees a boat one day, just himself. He sees that boat that could bring them all back to civilization. What would you do? Would you go back to the old game? Or would you let that saving boat just float on by and continue to be the governor of this deserted island? Well, you know, he's an admirable guy. So they all go back to the other island, England, uh, and, you know, roles return to normal. But what's interesting is, you know, guys, we have the chance and opportunity if we have, if we're willing to take it uh, to play a brand new game. And the old game is no longer, we're never going back to normal, right? This is a new normal. So that's, that's what's coming to my mind. What else would you like to share? I just say thank you to everyone because this is, a, this is how we're all going to get through this is by sharing our, our wisdoms together and showing up and learning and maybe taking different action. And, and I'm just always honored that, that people are willing to spend some time to, to listen in and do this type of work. Absolutely. You guys are here to play a new game. You know, the body's own immune system actually thrives when it, when it bounces back from sickness. You become stronger as a result, the antibodies are now in you. You know, you, you are resilient enough to never be faced with the same virus ever again if you get those antibodies. And that's the truth, guys. Uh, if you are willing to learn the lessons, the financial... I'm, I'm talking to myself too, by the way. If we're all willing to take the lessons that we just heard from Christina and that we're all going to experience over the next six, nine, 18 months, however long, uh, you know, to, to have more cash in on hand, right? To, to know our burn rate. The next time this happens, and we all expect, maybe it's not exactly like this one, but there's been three major market crashes in the last 20 years. So the next time this happens, will you have your antibodies ready to rock? And will you be able to even take advantage of opportunities when, they, when these sort of situations happen next time? So thank you for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.